0: The very first World Series of Board Gaming is taking place next year, September 2022, in Las Vegas. And Roll for Crit is giving you the chance to participate. All you have to do is rate and review the Roll for Crit podcast on iTunes. Then send us an email to rollforcrit at gmail.com with the subject line WSBG Contest confirming that you left said review. On November 11th, we'll be choosing one random winner to receive a $250 coupon code good for a one-ring event ticket to the championship. Or you can use that code to upgrade to a multi-event package. This could be your moment. Don't let it slip through your fingers. Full details at RollForCrit.com contest. Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast. Today, we are going to talk about card games, board games, role-playing games, tabletop games of all kinds. We've got news, discussion, and more for you. Big show this week. It's Halloween week, so uh, maybe some spooky things will happen. My name
1: is Jonathan Estes. I'm Will Keeler. And uh, now Jonathan. Yes. What would be your go-to Halloween board game outfit? If we were having like a board game themed Halloween party. My it's not a
0: not a costume and outfit? I guess costume outfit same thing. Uh, you know, I think I'm. We used to do some very fun board game themed Halloween costumes. In fact, we tried to do them. I, I like. I had to. I did some DIY stuff as as we as we all. Oh yeah, the, the terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars. I was a patchwork quilt. Um, I'm old now and tired, and I don't think I have the energy in me to make any <laughs> costumes anymore.
1: <laughs> all right, fair enough. Fair enough.
0: You, you got a costume plan this year?
1: Uh, I do not have a costume plan okay, this year good. because I. Uh, you're the one who's actually going to be appearing on screen this year on Halloween. That's true. My with costume uh, with will a a
0: be a VR headset in our stream <laughs> on Halloween night. Will, will you put googly eyes on it? We'll see. Stay tuned for, for that. Uh, now, before we get our show started proper, we have to uh, resolve the ongoing adventures of our D&D character, Roland F. Criterion, who was born last week and fought off a podcast goblin. Now, this week, Roland is entering a spooky house because it's halloween and he's encountering a sinister ghost lurking the halls but to help roland to help us decide how this is going to go i'm going to first introduce our guest this week designer of games like farsight and Oathsworn into the deep wood we are talking to from shadowborn games jamie jolly hey jamie welcome to the show hi hey, chaps very happy to have you here so uh, we've planted you right in the middle of this of this haunted house it's it's up to you and roland as a uh, as as portrayed by will is going to i guess is officially roland and maybe and you're 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 a guest <laughs> joining our party so tell me uh, what to do how how are we going to how are you going to deal with this with this spooky ghost <laughs> i think we should run upstairs right running upstairs is always a good plan oh okay so your, your plan is to run away and hide from the ghost <laughs> yeah i mean i mean it's mostly ectoplasm and we got legs we're gonna be fine all right well you know that means we're making an athletics check which is not necessarily this character's strong suit so will you're gonna roll that d20 and we're gonna see how it goes
1: uh the purple die did not go well it only rolled a seven <laughs>
0: Mm, well, uh, that's our role because we don't we have no bonus for athletics. Our strength is a is a flat zero. So uh, I think we may have tripped up. I stairs. think this ghost is going to is going to catch up to Roland and <laughs> oh. and scare him and maybe do a jump scare and there'll be a sharp violin that plays. and Everyone's going to jump in their seats. Oh, this might lead to, this is good because it'll lead to more adventures next week. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh that's a whole lot of fun. We're having a good time already. Everyone's laughing, enjoying themselves. But we have news to discuss oh, this week. Some fun announcements. Get ready for some bumpers, everybody. We're gonna kick it off with the news roundup. <laughs> news <laughs> roundup. <laughs> 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 All right. So much to see and do. Actually, first uh, news roundup. I do want to check in with you, Jamie, because I'm sure people listening to this will be interested if there's any uh, updates or news about Oathsworn or also just I know you were at Spiel just recently. We were talking about a little bit before and kind of what the what that show was like for you guys, uh, you know, in in the in the current world that we live in, how, how successful it was for you.
2: It was fantastic. Yeah, we had we had wall to wall demos all week. We, I think we did 300, 320 demos. So that, that was a lot of a lot wow. of, of whacking rats. We were playing a game called Whacker Rat. And everyone had to try and <laughs> kill the brood mother in one round, um, uh, or else everybody at the table died. And um, there, you know, there was a lot of bones left over. But, but yeah, it was it was just uh, we we must have killed like twenty thousand rats uh, this that, that um, week.
1: You should have had like. Uh, a kill counter, like uh, just up for every demo, and just have it like slowly grow. That would be great.
2: Yeah, we should do that next time. Bring a bigger clock and just like tick it up every time something dies. But um, but yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. And it was really nice because it was the first time we'd actually got to show the community um, the like actual production quality copies of a load of the stuff, like the terrain and the, the models and the and, and the boards and stuff. So that was really nice because up to this point, everything's kind of been prototypes or advanced prototypes. So um, it, and, and so the most asked question we had was people coming up to us going. Is that really how big that is? And you'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. That rat is really as big as a real rat. That's that's how it how it went. And so yeah, it was pretty um, pretty epic. But as I say, it was really it was really lots of you know the people that there were there were really engaging with everything. Like there was lots of kind of, um, of buzzing going around. But at the same time, it was a it was a much smaller event than than usual. And so like they um, uh, apparently normally it's you know you've got You've got so many people, you it takes you 20 minutes to walk about 10 paces because you're you know you're just sort of all wedged in like sardines trying to move between the stalls. So a lot of people saying it's better like that. And I heard that same thing at UK Game Expo. Like the games were, it was funner to, to to just be there and play games. And you got to just do a lot more of what you wanted to do because there wasn't so many queues and things. But at the same time, there was a lot less people than than usual. So maybe like you know it's like it felt like maybe a third or a half of, of of the sort of the usual count. And of course, a lot of bit of the big. Publishers weren't there as well, so there was a lot of stuff that you know kind of like big release moments and things like that that people were expecting. They they sort of didn't have them this year, so it was um it was nice. It was more homely, but you know not as big and all, all singing, all dancing as usual.
0: Yeah, I think we had a very similar experience at gen con uh, It seems to be the thing right now. Of it's, I'm 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 sort of torn on it because it's you know the, you don't have as much excitement or hype for some big releases, but. It also is just so nice to be able to walk around and not mm. bump into eight million people <laughs> stampeding over you. <laughs> uh, so it's it's kind of like oh, it would be nice if we could find a way to have a middle ground to keep this going in the future. But it, I, as as soon as I think safety regulations keep keep lifting, pe- there's still a million people who want to go. So I don't think it's going to stay that way for better or worse. <laughs> I mean,
1: for me, <laughs> like I think this is just though, the evidence of like, I think we've reached the point where another show could be done, <laughs> mm, like right. Gen Con West, you know? Yes, for sure. For sure.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, the industry is growing so much so, so, for, so quickly, right? So it's even like, it's not just that we'll go back to how it was before the pandemic. We're going to be like 40% bigger than we were before the pandemic as a community. Right. That's crazy to mm-hmm. think, right? Absolutely crazy that we're going to be that big and still we're going to have the same conventions that are trying to fit this the all these people in and stuff so it's going to be even more kind of things as you say like these it's got to build to a pressure point where eventually like loads more of these kind of other indie conventions smaller conventions or they just start splitting up into multiple conventions it's going to have to happen because you just cut there's no more halls left in a lot of these conventions these convention centers to be able to fill more people in like the industries are so massive and of course with everyone mm-hmm. being at home for two years a load of people found a new love for games loads of people got into the industry so it's um it's a weird, been a weirdly amazing year for board gaming, uh, generally. Although it's been an absolutely rubbish couple of years for the
0: world. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a strange time that we live in. Very very strange. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that you had a good time at the show, and that you know things are changing, but they're still they're going well. There's silver linings to be had at least, and uh, we'll we'll get into some more news right now. Some more silver linings, perhaps. This is just a first off a quick follow up from last week where we learned that a bunch of Paizo workers were forming a union as a result of some negative conditions in the workplace. The, uh, of course, the company behind role playing game Pathfinder and pretty quick turnaround. we had talked about uh, mostly will informed me about uh, the, some of the behind the scenes proceedings of how unions get recognized. And Paizo as a company has gone ahead and voluntarily recognized the united paizo workers union meaning that they are now officially seen as a union they don't have to go through a bunch of red tape and paperwork and have to fight to be seen as a union uh they have that power now and the next step is for them to meet and figure out what their uh quote-unquote demands are that's that feels pretty aggressive i don't know if they call them their (laughs) demands but uh the things that they want to get done
1: (laughs) yeah i think it's like the
0: the role of bargaining or something yeah that sounds pretty good yeah bargain collective bargaining agreement is what they call it uh jamie you so we talked about this last week but now we have someone who's you know in the industry what what what's your opinion on uh the idea of this this union being formed for paizo is that something maybe you think we would see for other other companies as well
2: well, I suppose it's in a way like u- unions and things like that, I think tend to be a sign of a maturing industry, right? Like we're getting big enough that that sort of those sort of relationships at like, like large scales tend to happen. Because I think like, you know, things like unions and stuff like that, they tend to come into practice when you start seeing a lot of employees or a lot of people in a workplace. And up till recently, you know, we just haven't been that big, that big, you know, a lot of most, most publishers are very small, you know, just a one or two man teams often. And then sometimes we get these slightly bigger ones, but, but certainly this is a, a sign of growth that we're kind of getting bigger and we're getting maturer and then like how we go forward from that well that's um that's always that's the 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 messy part right like whether or not it how how things work out for the best how can we get the uh, look after the all the the employees as we grow you know certainly protecting against things like burnout and things like that because one thing i don't think we want to do is turn like the 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 computer game industry because obviously we are kind of we we look with like the computer game industry kind of trailblazed a lot of this kind of like massive explosive company growth you know sort of models where people would make a game and something become big and they'd have all these um, people they'd be employing and things and, and and unfortunately like the the computer game industry has, is super well known for just being a place of burnout and just really rubbish kind of workplace environments and, and mm. all sorts of things like that so I really hope we don't get there with with board games I hope and I, and I trust that we don't because I think part of what we have as a DNA as a, as a community is that we we care about each other very dearly we hold the value of each other quite highly um and often there's this kind of rallying around of, of each other and we don't, um, we're still just in a space where we don't just see publishers as just some faceless companies still like there's still people behind it and there's relationships there so um yeah i think that i th- I'm, I'm hoping that we 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 don't get to that position where we end up kind of becoming known for burnout and, and, the excessive work, like life yeah, crunch.
1: Yeah. Crunch, right? I, I, I don't know. I think right now, Activision Blizzard is like the best place to work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been applying there all week. I'm really hoping to get a, a position. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I definitely, it is definitely a sign of growth. As we said that 40% <laughs> or whatever it might be of we keep growing and having to get bigger and bigger. I imagine things are also, I I have no idea, so I really mean I just imagine that things are different uh, over in the UK versus America in regards to, I don't know, how unions work and company worker relations and these kinds of things, Uh, but it's it, it, it sounds you get like them on it's... both
2: sides you're getting kind of both so it's because like you have some unions that are known to be incredibly strong and they can sort of dominate their the business they're a part of and so they kind of start becoming it becomes very problematic to actually get things done when the when the union is so powerful that like nothing can be passed without um, without their approval um, but then at the same time mm-hmm. you know the other side you get you get places where there aren't unions and that the actually the, the workers don't have voices and they and, the, and they don't feel like they have a voice they're not represented enough and and certainly that becomes problematic as well. So that's right, it's like it's a spectrum, and it's um and finding a healthy place in the middle of that, I think, is the game. In other yeah.
1: words, turns out it's bad if someone has too much power. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That old thing. What is really I think great about this and important is that what's always hard for I mean not just making a union, just anything in general, if there isn't something you can look to as an example. Mm-hmm. And now, like, look, here is a board game union. Right. Other companies and or workers, you know, can now be like, all right, this is the the method to get it done. And it's more acceptable now because it's happened. Uh, and we see that happen everywhere, for better or for worse. That's how a lot of bad habits can occur. It's because other people do them. So why can't I? So seeing a union like this form, I would not be surprised if we start seeing other more board game related unions uh, pop out, pop out everywhere. Once again, like you uh, alluded to earlier, Jonathan, with the, I don't know how that works nationally. <laughs> right. But yeah.
0: And, and a, a good, also a, a good example for other publishers to see, you know, Paizo could have made this harder for them, but it's, it's nice that other publishers might now see, oh, well they recognize their union and like they didn't, the sky didn't fall down that, you know, they're still operating. Mm. Everything seems okay. So maybe they'll be if if this comes up again, they'll be more likely to try that.
1: Well, hold on; they'll have to wait and see. If they didn't make, if they made ten less dollars now, then it's a no go.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah,
0: that's that's true. Ten dollars that could that can get you a lot. All right. So, I mean, uh,
1: have you been to Taco Bell? That
0: <laughs> I have. I have. That can get you a whole. <laughs> That'll feed me for three days. So that is uh, the uh, Paizo update. We'll see in the weeks and months to come. How that continues to develop, it's one of those stories I'm sure we'll be coming back to. Uh, but let's talk about some fun, some fun new games that have been announced. This first is a real big one. Uh, Hasbro slash uh, Avalon Hill announced a new game called Risk Shadow Forces, which is essentially a sequel to Risk Legacy, which is one of arguably one of the most impactful games board games that is in board game history certainly in modern board games uh, we've seen a huge crop of legacy games campaign games all kinds of things that have come out of that design Uh, this new one is obviously not using that title anymore it's also a different designer Uh, it's from a guy named craig van ness who has done a bunch of interesting licensed games including uh uh risk i'm sorry not risk star wars the queen's gambit which later became star wars risk and uh the also the original star wars epic duels which became the template for unmatched that's available today so he's got some interesting designs under his belt and this new game it's also a legacy game meaning for anyone who doesn't know you're going to be opening envelopes and placing stickers and having permanent effects on the game it takes place in the future of the real world in the year 2050 where uh, basically everybody's the governments have collapsed. Things are going nuts. And warlords have come up. And you play as one of these warlords fighting for power. And the a couple other new things in this one, there's going to be a skirmish board. So during the game, you might kind of zoom in on the action and have a little tactical battle uh, separate to the main board, which still looks like the map of, of the world. However, it looks like they've altered the map too. It's got uh, different types of spaces on it that I'm guessing are better at balancing uh, so you don't have the famous australia problem of of classic risk and there's also now that players have cards and there are factions you'll be drafting before each game and you'll be able to use those faction cards along with your warlord's powers to to accomplish different effects there's a lot going on here and there's still stuff we don't know this game's uh, for pre-order right now but it's not scheduled to come out until next year jamie were you a original risk legacy fan is and this does this design sound intriguing to you oh yes yeah it's amazing um
2: it's when you were saying that the that they'd alter the map i had a, images of some like they've decided to work out just kind of what pl- countries might be underwater um, and <laughs> like, like so england is no
0: longer there we're just it's just gone because we've we've been flooded or something um, yeah the map is still the same but it's like uh, they okay. have hexes that are instead of, like this there's some bigger and smaller hexes in each country or continent that kind of it looks like the places you actually put your figures are different if that makes sense are they leaning into the
2: the kind of it's the real world
0: aspect of it like it's supposed to be a
2: prediction of 2015.
0: it's so it's hard to tell they in this there's an interview with them they talk uh, this article from polygon where they do say specifically oh we wanted to talk about real world stuff we wanted to take into account things like climate change and 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 stuff like that so i am sure it has an element of fantastical nonsense to it but it does sound like they are trying to be more uh i don't know it's, if grounded is the right word but
1: uh yeah i think that would be the better way to view it i from what i can tell they want to be more like i guess it, it's still it, a it sci-fi
0: like, like game but they're trying. Yeah, to I. I
1: yeah, I would say it's like more 007 than less like Metal Gear or crazy uh, robots kind of thing. Uh, so you
2: mean I can't I can't throw on a bear pelt and become a bear warrior?
0: <laughs> no, yeah, no berserkers. No. But, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, speaking on that note, I'm I'm just my own uh, curious because I played the. Uh, it's just something occurred to me when I see the photo of the Risk Metal Gear and one of the things that is Outer Haven that moves in ocean spaces. Okay, And it looks like there's big spots in ocean spaces. So you might be making bases, like mm. man, man-made islands, which, is, which would still be grounded. I mean, that's literally a big issue right now in the, uh, I believe it's the Southern China Seas. Like they've made islands there, yeah, which yeah. changes the whole, you know, um, all, all na- naval law and stuff like that. So that could be a big thing we see in this.
0: Yeah, definitely. It does look like there are big spots for stickers. I didn't even notice that before, <laughs> but it's like something clearly is going to go there. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Well, what
1: I am curious, though, you asked about Risk Legacy, but Jamie, what's your thoughts on just legacy in general? Like that game mechanic?
2: Oh, I, I think it's fantastic. Like, it depends, it depends, there's always the, the eternal debate about exactly what legacy is, <laughs> right? Like, does, <laughs> is destructibility a necessary part of it or not? Or um, is it the kind of the mystery element of it and things like that? But I mean, we all know the problem, don't we, with games of the, of the you know, you buy a game, you play it twice, three times, you know, I think, I think well I read somewhere the average play was about seven times for a game and that's it you know even then, at that point you just not play you've you know we feel like you've got your money's worth at seven, at seven but it's still that idea of like a lot of the reason why you stop playing is because you feel like you've done the game the game is kind of finished and um and that's okay because we have a lot of games in the world so it's like you don't want to be playing the same game forever because there's so many lovely things to go and to go and try but at the same time I think it's a really good way of getting a unique experience every time you you play so that's so like it's one of the focuses of Oswald for instance was you know just every time you play you're playing a different monster you get these mystery boxes and you know the monsters are actually the the the, the legacy element in this are the mystery you don't actually see them until you fight them and then they come out and they've got their own unique stuff and then you know they're done you don't fight them again and you just fight a different one next week and so it's like a, a sort of episodic kind of thing with each um each where each experience is different so I, I really love the I, I really love it and um I think the I think Risk Risk Legacy did a fantastic job, and um, and particularly the destructibility in that game was really, you know, like just you know breaking those um those sort of like sacred laws for the first time. What mm. that felt like as a gamer, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if that holds up. It's interesting. I wonder if that experience holds up over many legacy games, right? Because obviously, at some point, the, the the shock factor of the destructibility, like, does it then become expected? And at that point, then does it not have the same weight? I don't know. Well, how about you guys? You maybe played more legacy games than I have. Um, mm. Does it hold up over uh, multiple times, like destruction?
1: The destruction, because in my head, usually I would never tear them. I just, all right, it's in the box.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the uh, wusses who are just like, it's
1: in this section now. We're not going to do that. <laughs> but the, well, because I've also known, I've known to make mistakes before. I'm like, oh, that shouldn't have actually been destroyed. Um, <laughs> but the one of the things I've been thinking about, because they're recently on, uh, shelf stories there was a just dis- uh they uh he, he had on both rob w and matt leacock they talk about pandemic legacy uh so, mm. just warning they had some spoilers there too for the entire series i listened to uh, up to one didn't want to re- uh, hear about two and three but <laughs> it was interesting because th- that made me think about my own games of legacy and i realized my favorite moments in legacy aren't really the exciting destructor the, the twists and this is where i think King's Dilemma and even Risk Legacy, which I think has some faults just on the risk mechanics, is writing things down. The more that you get to name things and write things, mm. is like that's where I think a lot more of the fun came for me because pandemic, uh, we're, we weren't nearly as hot as everyone seemed to be. For season one, but I think our favorite moments was when we came up with the diseases for the game.
0: (laughs) You you like to create and leave your mark on the world, (laughs) rather than destroy it. And Risk
1: (laughs) does that a lot too with the cities, but also I feel it had more opportunities. Not, I mean, this has been out for how long has Risk Legacy been out? We
0: we didn't even finish it, so whatever your spoiler is, it's going to be like four games in, so it's fine. There
1: are a lot more like I feel like huge altering. Like we completely changed how this country is seen now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. The, the naming of things is really interesting. That idea of making it your own. I remember it because Plague Inc. When it was an, a, a, an app before it was the board game, like playing that and, um, and, and the funnest part of the game was always coming up with the name for your plague that you were spreading around, you know, the Uzi snooze or the creeping doom or whatever it was you were calling it, you know, you come up with your name and that was it. It was now your, your thing that you were spreading around. Um, yeah, that was that's a that's a really powerful part of the part of the game, and I, I I like it when you kind of you can still kind of play the game as well at the end when you place when I think mm. Charterstone did that mm-hmm. right that you could play through the whole thing and then you had the game that was kind of yours at the end um that you could then play um
0: that still had your history attached to it but you could still be played as a normal game like really really nice idea. Yeah, that feels like it's a necessity now. I feel like th- most legacy games seem to do some version of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can which is I, I will
1: admit I'm torn on that fact because I don't mind if the leg if it's unplayable but you went you would have to go all out like when the game ends you just have this crazy board with let's just go with something like whatever they do in this regular legacy like we've made it so now uh Asia is also part of Europe because they invaded it. it's all one now <laughs> and then there's like We've literally destroyed Greenland. I don't know <laughs> through a massive tsunami, wet like wet weather machine or something like something that really just sh- shows off just the craziness of what happened.
0: Yeah, well, I like what my city did, which was it just has a separate board for replayable. Right, games. and
1: and that's yeah. the, and that's like almost the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot to like about legacy games. It does seem like they've been slowing down, or maybe they haven't been slowing down as much as the elements have just been so ubiquitous that we don't even think of a lot of games as legacy anymore that have legacy in them.
1: I think they a big shift is to campaign games because right. I feel that still gets the
0: you kind of get the same. And even like you said with Oathsworn, you can still you can do the mystery boxes, you can do that stuff without necessarily tearing cards apart and writing stick things down or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, but I I'm interested in definitely interested in risk shadow forces. And I, I like that. It looks like they are moving further away from the traditional Risk gameplay, which I think was the biggest thing holding back the original Risk Legacy was the fact that it was Risk. <laughs> the one, uh, the one yeah. danger I've got with the, with the things, because because they're not calling it,
2: are they calling it Risk Legacies? Because it's Risk Shadow it's, Forces, right? Yeah, not, that's right. It's not Risk Legacy Shadow Forces,
0: right? As At um, least as of now, correct?
2: Yeah, it's interesting, because I because obviously there's so many Risk games in the world, aren't there? There's so many different types of, of Risk out there. I wonder if, because obviously if, if the Legacy was so... Powerful before as a, as a as a you know unique selling point. I wonder if they're going to miss out something by not calling it Risk Legacy Shadow Forces, and maybe there's a reason why they can't yeah. call it that, for instance. But um yeah. but certainly, like it's. I wonder if it might if it might in that way be in danger of being lost in the mass of risk games that there are, and people not maybe not realizing what they what they're getting.
1: I think it's a little bit fine. One, I think that's a very wordy title. <laughs> risk legacy shadow forces
0: even gone like risk legacy season two right <laughs> <laughs> could have really uh uh gone that way but yeah I, I feel like i guess maybe they the market that they're going for which is maybe more the market that is knows risk but doesn't know modern games and they assume that the modern gamers will find it because they just know about these things that maybe mainstream audiences don't know what legacy means anyway so to them it's not Uh, And I guess it's funny to think because at the time, you know, Risk Legacy wasn't, they didn't, I, I don't think they meant to invent Legacy. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> they didn't think that was the name of a system that was just oh it's called legacy because you built the legacy and then Ima- everyone, imagine hey.
1: if the first one was actually called shadow forces now so it'd be Pandemic right. <laughs> <make> shadow forces <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know how that works it's like metroidvanias and Rogue likes anyway uh but so this it retails for about 70 bucks uh and it is for pre-order right now we'll see we'll see when it comes out what the deal is uh but let, let's go back to role-playing now another new announcement kind of less of an announcement, more of just a a reassurance, because a while back, Fantasy Flight was broken up a little bit by Asmodee. Their miniatures games and their role-playing games were kind of handed out to other studios under the Asmodee umbrella. And Edge Studio uh, are the ones who are going to be handling the role-playing stuff, and they have confirmed that they are currently working on a new Star Wars role-playing game. In addition to that, they are, are going to be reprinting the old Fantasy Flight ones, Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Force and Destiny. So there's no details yet about what this RPG is going to be, but people, I think people have been waiting for reprints or new adventures or new anything, but it sounds like they're going forward with a brand new system or an evolution of the previous system. Jamie, I don't know if you played any of the star wars rpgs but i imagine you're familiar with the ip so i wonder what you <laughs> <Do>. would uh <laughs> what you would what you would want to see out of out of a new star wars role-playing game oh oh i don't
1: i i, I uh. <laughs>
2: I don't know if it's already out there, but I would yeah, you know, I would I was born in the age of the um of the uh extended universe of Star Wars for the first three films. Um well, six, mm. four, five and six. So, you know, the um what did they end up calling it? Um was it legacy or something on oh, that as well? Legends, there we go. Yeah, yeah. like that that was pretty cool because that's my entire childhood right there. Um in, in those. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I'm not surprised they they got a, um got a nice Sort of, you know, the pushing the role-playing stuff out. It's been an amazing year for role-playing. Like, it's been the best year I think ever for role-playing games. This last year, it's been amazing. Um, you know, there yeah. was, I think there was like five or six different different um, kickstarters that did over a million dollars with, with from a role-playing game, which is which is you know that's quite surprising generally. I think Avatar Legends that was like what was that, eight or nine million they did. So absolutely. A really good time for role-playing. Play. Role role-playing has exploded as well. Again, something that can be done through pandemics and things, right? Easy to, to run role-playing campaigns over for Zoom, sure. and Skype, and all that sort of thing. So i um, not surprised to see that this is, you know, this has kind of been ring-fenced as being safe and as a good, a good idea to um, mention. But yeah, what I like... Um, what I like... I like
0: the... Jade I mean, I mean, Thrawn... <laughs> Thrawn. Some oh yeah. Stuff.
2: Thrawn. Yeah. Th- 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 thrawn would be good. Yeah. Give me, um, give me a fleet of, of slaved dreadnoughts. That'd be, <laughs> can, you, can you do that? How many, how many dice would you need to roll for a fleet
0: of slaved dreadnoughts? Uh, that's, yeah. A lot. 25 maybe. I don't know. As many as you can gather. Uh, Will you, I know you have played one of the Star Wars RPGs and I haven't. So I wonder what your opinion on them improving or adding to that system would be.
1: Uh, when I played it, I do think, because the way the system worked is you would roll usually roll a mixture of these good and bad dice. And what tended to happen was, like, you would get the, for lack of a better term, a critical hit and a critical miss at the same time.
0: Right, because they weren't, it didn't use traditional (laughs) dice, they had their own unique symbols on them, right?
1: Yes, and what would come from that is for, uh, I was a player for this, by the way, but for the, uh, the GM or whatever they called it, I don't remember. You'd have to be like, well, um, yes, your backup arrived, but also a Sith Lord who's attacking him. (laughs)
0: Like
1: you'd have to come up with like the weirdest, (laughs) like very weird twists. But the idea was, I think to make it more cinematic, but, the biggest issue was it was very hard to top <laughs> the last role. I felt like you would have to come up, like, go crazier each time. But outside mm. of that, like, the actual gear and the plans was fun to come up with. It just felt like it was very, uh... in particular, it also felt hard if you weren't very knowledgeable at the Star Wars universe mm. to come up with weird things. Because if you're like, I know stormtroopers, how Jedi. How could
0: anyone not be? I don't understand. <laughs> Why would you choose a GM who isn't?
2: <laughs> well,
1: oh. maybe because the person wants to actually be a player. <laughs> Did not know that at the time. You say uh, the law
2: was too restraining for the the law. Like, if you knew too much, it was it was hard to come up with the weird, wonderful scenarios.
1: No, I'm saying if you knew too little because it, like if you had to come up with a bunch of different things all if you all you know are stormtroopers Jedi and Han <laughs> ah, Solo, yeah, yeah. you're like all right uh what do I throw now here now you find a lightsaber <laughs> which I'm sure if you say that to anyone they're like lightsabers are supposed to be rare <laughs> you know you just find them <laughs> hanging around now and again yeah, that's
2: how right that's how right did it right
0: <laughs> he just fought and <laughs> <hanging> around <laughs> that's right yeah pretty much true uh yeah yeah so I don't know I, I'm definitely interested in this because I I love the idea of a star Wars RPG and we just never, hmm. I don't even remember why I didn't play it with you guys. I just think it was just one of those things where we were
1: having a hard enough time getting our D and D group together, Jonathan. That's why.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and but I will yeah, say the yeah. one
1: thing I did love, they did the love that they,
0: mm-hmm. the yeah, one thing I loved it. was yeah.
1: um, they, they also broke it up so you could actually make sure you're playing how the group would want. If you want to make just a whole bunch of Jedi's, they had one that's specifically designed, like, this is if you have a bunch of Force users. Right. want to be part of the Rebellion, they had the Rebellion one. If you just wanted to go, you know, be your scum and villainy, they had a set for that, too. So I felt yeah. like that made it much nicer. So you didn't, because, let, let's be honest, if there's a Jedi among you, probably going to be doing better. <laughs> <You>
0: <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, I wonder how the new set is going to, if they're going to try to combine that. It's also interesting because they're still printing the other titles. So is this one going to be complimentary? It's going to be weird to have both versions out at the same time, or maybe they'll just do a different timeline and kind of continue the same thing, and it won't even feel like a new edition. Uh, we really don't know, <laughs> but we'll find out at some point, hopefully, when they announce more details about this. Now, uh, last, last announcement is a stupid one, but I thought it was interesting. There's a new Monopoly game coming out. That's right, everyone. Hold on, don't get out of your chairs just yet. Let me explain. <laughs> it's okay, we already uh, talked about risk. <laughs> that's right. This is the Hasbro Classics episode. Uh, Monopoly Madness is the name of this one, and it's a video game, and uh, it's coming out in December to pretty much every PC and console and whatnot. And it's a it's a different kind of a twist on the Monopoly game in that it is played in real time. The premise is that I believe the Mr. Monopoly has gone on vacation. (laughs) So everyone is just running around like crazy and you're still building up buildings and trying to get money and all that stuff. But you're playing simultaneously in real-time video game format, and you can even get power-ups and items like bulldozers that allow you to tear down other players' buildings, (laughs) and they'll have to try to build them up or tear yours down or something else like that. It's got a very uh, cute kind of colorful... Uh, uh Art style, very looks like a bunch of candy pieces and everything. It's almost saccharine in its design. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's interesting that they're trying to still do new things with the Monopoly IP. And certainly, we're not, I don't think, big fans of the original Monopoly game, but this is maybe a different kind of a twist on it. Is there any universe, Jamie, in which a Monopoly video game interests you? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a, about about twenty
2: five years ago. Yeah, I remember being on like, what was it? Was it Windows ninety five or something? And like Monopoly was mm. up there that you could you could play that. That was that was great. You know, the first time I ever saw a, a CG dice be able to be rolled, that was it I some sort. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, it came crashing down pretty quick after that. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I wonder, oh, yeah, can we, can we, what do you think? A Monopoly legacy? How about that? We could have like this, oh, yeah. this collapsing society where just like the rich get richer forever <laughs> and you just you just end up in destitution and then you've got to find some way out and you become some sort of weird mole people who live under this city and you kind of come up every now and then to scrounge for scraps from the feet of the golden temples of super rich. <laughs>
0: All right. I'm sign me up. I'm (laughs) remind me of when you're next. Notify me when this Kickstarter launches, and I'll be there. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, I mean they've they've tried, they've done like Monopoly speed version. Obviously, they've had a million different versions of Monopoly, but there have been a few that I feel like they've tried to fix, quote unquote, some of the issues of Monopoly. Um, but this one seems to clearly be taking it in a wackier direction. What do you think, Will? Any interest (laughs) in the madness?
1: I mean, I'd be probably more interested if someone's like, I want to play monopoly, but digital just cause that would make things hopefully a little bit quicker.
0: <laughs> yeah, I assume, I assume this matches um, this game will last 10 minutes or something.
1: Well, that's, I mean, just comparing to regular monopoly. Like, yeah. It's just so weird and different. And I, I don't know. I mean, I've probably been willing to give it a go once at least.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I don't think there's a price announced, but it's like, eh, it's probably like 30 bucks or something. I, but maybe it's 10 or 20 bucks. Maybe they'll market it as more of a budget thing.
1: I don't know. I could see this being a. Uh, you think it's a full price game? No, I was going <laughs> to say the opposite, free to play, because oh. I see so many oh. outfits. I'm like, oh, that's your microtransactions. If you yeah, want the, the dinosaur skin. They
0: haven't know. announced it for mobile. So I don't. It doesn't seem. To me, it doesn't seem likely it's Xbox, Switch, PC, those kinds of platforms. Um, but they could still have in game transactions. Mm-hmm, but I that think, hasn't stopped. But I think it'll be a price. <laughs> is, <laughs> is, my, is my assumption. Uh, so that'll be two hundred
1: monopoly dollars.
0: There you go. All you got to do is pass go, and you'll be reimbursed. Uh, <laughs> now that we've got our monopoly jokes out of the way, uh, let's talk about some games that are coming up at some point in the future. Who knows when? In Kickstarter, PickStarter. Uh, oh, this one looks no, nice. No, it's no, nice. No, it's no, nice, no, it's no, nice. I, don't, I, don't I don't pay. Pay. So what about this one. Kickstarter, Kickstarter now at the time of this recording there's there's a few pretty big projects launching this week not all of them are fully live while we're talking right now but jamie we will st- we'll start with you is there something recently that you have personally backed or that you've just been following or interested in on a kickstarter or some other crowdfunding site
2: um well i've been I, I, i'm pretty much a great fan of, of fun tales games and they've got a game up at the moment called corral which um Looks really cool. I mean, this is, there's there's some lovely temple building. Sadly it's not it's not having the greatest time at the moment. It's kind of just looks like it's just about to fund. I keep my eye on it. And it's just kind of about to fund every every hour or so. It's just getting edging closer to its forty thousand. But um it looks pretty cool. There's some <laughs> nice temple building stuff there and just yeah, my eyes fun towers can't do no wrong. <laughs> they're, they're, they're after after Glenmore. I'm a, I'm a happy happy camper.
0: Yeah, I don't I have not uh, seen this one, and I'm and we're also not um uh, i i haven't played glenmore we're, we're 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 noobs to this to this world but it sounds like you have a a pretty strong uh a, attachment to it oh we will talk about a table talk that's that's oh. <laughs> uh, oh all right all right that sounds that sounds good yeah i see it looks like they are, they are at, right now this game they are literally like three hundred dollars away from their goal uh and it's and they still have a, a few weeks left so so it looks like it's doing uh fairly well but this is this is like uh uh, uh you're there's a great pyramid there's a giant pyramid mini in this thing that looks like a great centerpiece of, of this board that i guess you are building up as you play it does look intriguing i kind of like the the concept of it um that's c-a-r-a-l Corral. What does that mean? Something that must be a like a a Mayan word or something. You corral sheep into pens, don't you? (laughs) That's (laughs) corral. They have llamas, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, whatever's around, maybe you will or will not corral. Uh, That one goes for fifty nine dollars right now for the basic version. Do you? So, like, you are a person who has games on Kickstarter. How often, Jamie? Do you? keep up and actually back things or are you just like too inundated with other games and your own stuff to think about it too much
2: it's been a bit of a fallow year this year because i've been just constantly working on on finishing off one getting it already so that so I, i've actually been feeling i've been feeling this kind of sucking void of not being able to back and spend as much time with the games as i could. so i'm looking forward to next year because it's going to be a great year loads of good games <laughs> coming out and uh i gonna spend a lot more time with it but i am um, I, I do feel with lit. Uh, yeah, a, a little a little um short on the old games back recently, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know the the, feeling. the, the, the example that the, the the most recent game I bought was the was the uh Paw Patrol match game whilst at Essen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, that's that's my- classic.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was an experience. I, it's, it, unfortunately for that one, that's a game that I can't even get my kids to play, and they love Paw Patrol. So, so I don't know what and, I don't know uh, what happened there. It's one of those things that looks it looked amazing. It looked so good, and um, me and a because because a couple of the guys on the team have kids, well, they bought it as well. We're all getting excited about it, <laughs> but um, but yeah, the kids are rather use, like using the blocks as building blocks. So they've been building their little temples with them. But
0: yeah,
1: well, at least they're getting fun out of it. Then it's still a win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: cool. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my niece and nephew love Paw Patrol and the one time like I tried to play Candyland with them and just, they they don't even have the attention span for that yet. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, it's it's hard. It's hard getting kids to play games. All right. Uh, Will, what about you? A pick that you're looking at on Kickstarter this week?
1: Mm, if I had to pick, I think I'm going to you talk do. about. I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> Potion Slingers. Oh, boy. All right. All uh, right. This is a game where you are all alchemists and pretty much you're throwing potions at each other. (laughs) That's the game. Uh, You will have your own health and you're trying to knock people's health. You get cubes. I forget what they called them, like essence. Yeah, to track people. And you pretty much like buy items, collect different builds, and you can either like just throw the potion. You can combine the potion in a different bottle, get different effects. There are artifacts you can pour the potion in, such as a... magic squirt gun for lack of better and uh rings that make things stronger you can even upgrade your character it just seems like a really fun sort of like free for all battle of just doing a lot of coming up with weird combos and stuff with all these cards that still could just be thrown as is
0: (laughs) yeah you could just you could just throw them in real life uh well uh, again both of you have Surprised me this week with things I haven't seen, uh, but I'm looking at Potion Slingers. I won't. I won't lie. I don't love the art style here. I don't. I don't know that I would have clicked on this because I am a judge a book by its cover kind of guy, <laughs> <laughs> and p- purely based on this thumbnail, I'm like, uh, that doesn't look like it's for me. But maybe. But the gameplay sounds like it could be fun. So maybe I'm uh, prejudging it too harshly. <laughs> uh, but uh, Potion Slingers. That one, uh, that one's twenty seven dollars. If you want to get the game, that comes with a print and play PDF and some Kickstarter exclusive stuff. So how about that? So you've left me with plenty of options here. As oh some yeah, I mean, happens. I had a
1: bunch too, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> so, uh,
0: yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about them all. But the one that I, I think I have to pick as my, as my pick. And there's bigger, there's like more, there's flashier projects out there this week. But the one that I liked is called Exquisite Crime. And uh, this one just popped up today. It's from the same team that did Alice is Missing, the the, uh, RPG where you are texting with each other and you don't actually speak. And this one is about players kind of working together to solve a crime, but also you are setting up the pieces of the crime in advance. And it's a drawing game. There's no GM, but it is an RPG. And it starts out with that. You establish your characters and their traits and everything. And then as you go, you collaborate on drawing parts of the story. So you're deciding who is the suspect? What do they look like? What was the crime scene? Where, where did it take place? What was the murder weapon? What have you? And they have kind of one of those books of like, um, you know, they used to have those for kids, those books where it'll be like different kinds of dinosaurs. And there's three different segments of the book that you flip Oh yeah, I, I still oh, yeah, have yeah. Not yeah. Heard one of that. <laughs> yeah, so like one person will draw the character's head, the next person draws the body. I don't know if they you actually flip them the way you do in those old books, but that's what it reminded me of. Uh, and it's it just looked like a really unique experience. There's also an, like a psychic element to it where you use those cards from... Uh, I, I think of them as being from Ghostbusters, where you're, <laughs> you're like, I have a, I have a square in my hand, and you have to predict what card it is using your psychic powers. Uh, and if you that like has an element that affects the story as well, uh, a cool kind of thing. And of course, it has remote play as an option, so you'll be able to do this online. Uh, but it, a role playing game with a drawing element, and you don't have to be good at drawing. It's just It'll it'll just add to the story. It'll be just more abstract, depending on your level of talent. But that one is called uh, Exquisite Crime, and I'm very intrigued by it. It's twenty bucks for a digital version, uh, forty bucks for a physical copy. And then there's there's a few there's like some real big ones this week that we should just at least mention, like Marvel mm-hmm. Dice Throne which is now uh, up and has made already close to a million dollars. And that's the Marvel version of Dice Throne, which we, we were talking about, like, oh, which characters should they add? And it looks like I, I actually like the ones they've picked. It looks like they've gone with some, not necessarily the all the A-listers. You know, they've got, picked some some slightly more interesting ones than just like Captain America, Spider-Man, et cetera. Um, which I think is cool. Not being as, as familiar with Dice Throne, the Resident Evil board game is also launching this week. That's from Steamforged. the The Resident Evil One board game. They started with two, and then went to three, and now they're doing one. Which is I, I don't know why they did that exactly, but uh, that you'll be able to explore that first, the original mansion, and do that original game. So that's exciting if you're a fan of that. Well, and what other ones were you looking at? Well.
1: Uh, I was, One of the ones I was looking at is called Suburban Consumption of the Monstrous. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: made that up. That's not a real one. Come on.
1: <laughs> no, uh, it's pretty much just a collection of like micro RPGs, but they're like, some are designed for solo players. Some are designed for two, some are for three, four. They're all horror and they're all related to eating or consumption. So uh, if you're Weird. looking at that, speaking of eating, I also was looking at, uh, snack me, time uh, yep <laughs> uh a yeah yeah it is rolling right I had to think it's not flipping right rolling right where pretty much you're trying to feed your little monsters hiding in the sewers but uh the more they eat the more likely they're gonna draw the attention of the authorities which may attack them so cu- another cute little spooky one there and yeah. oh no this one I, I also had this pulled up mostly because I was just curious and your guys thoughts oh I hope it's the one adjustable-
0: that' Oh, it's not. Go on.
1: (laughs) No, no. The reason why I wanted to bring this up, I don't know if you watched the video for this one, Jonathan, but the idea is the backpack can, it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if you ever had a suitcase that you can expand to fit more, Mm -hmm. but the way they advertise it's like three games for a game night. I think it was seven games for a weekend, 10 games (sighs) for a convention. I'm like, is there some, is that like the cap is like game night is for most people is three games. (laughs) <laughs> you play like—is this like the general rules? I'm just curious. Yeah, that how sounds that feels- right.
0: That sounds pretty great to me. <laughs> I think there's an inverse square law between
2: the amount of games you have and the amount of children you have. So, like, <laughs> you're lucky yeah. if you
0: get one filler in when you end up with three kids. <laughs> <laughs> also, how far you have to travel. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the ultimate adjustable board game backpack cuz you know we need we haven't I guess we haven't perfected it yet. We need a 25th board game case.
1: <laughs> well, no, look, what we need is a bag of holding.
0: Yeah. That would be the one that I wanted to bring up because I just think it's so bizarre <laughs> is this game called Nine Arches which is I don't even know how much of a game it is, but it's under the tabletop games section. It's uh basically uses a deck of tarot cards. And the way it works is you draw some tarot cards and maybe you roll, yeah, you roll some dice and you're supposed to use the cards as like to inspire you to do something in real life. <laughs> and the dice will be like, you have one week to do this. And based on what it is, you might be like, oh, that means I'm going to, I mean, like in the example on their page, it's uh, the the cards are like rooster and wheels of joy. And so this, per, this shows a bunch of people in rooster costumes riding bikes in the street <laughs> like i don't know that you have to go that crazy but it's 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 got a whole book as well like all this extra stuff where you're supposed to write down your adventures but it's supposed to encourage you to like go out in the world and uh, d- to go on activities and things uh, it just it seemed when i was looking at the page it struck me as almost a cult like kind of a thing kind of weird.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah well I, I i actually did see that one and i remember just thinking like this is the kind of game, I imagine someone would purchase that who already does something like that. Like, I would challenge the people who would get that to be, like, a tarot card, but they'd be, like, sit down for one hour, (laughs) or like, or, like, or, like, read a book that is more than 200, like, I'm thinking, like, the most boring things, that would be the bigger challenge. I would challenge people to do things like that. Like, yeah, do the dishes right after after you use them for a week straight. (laughs)
2: I said, this has got to be the first Kickstarter I've ever seen where there are multiple different people in chicken outfits. I don't think I've ever seen the game, and, and what I like the idea that like like they're showing a picture of them drawing the card which has a chicken on it, and of course then everyone goes straight to the chicken suit that they have in their in their closet or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, right. But but then the next thing it says, then you come back and you do it again. So you shuffle the deck and draw again. And knowing my luck, you just draw the chicken
1: card again, right? <laughs> right. You just be like what happens then
2: if you're stuck in the chicken card, you're in this kind of like twilight zone of endless chicken drawers where you just well, just, then that chicken suit was suit.
1: a good investment.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the only. Time you can justify a chicken soup purchase um <laughs> yeah, but, yeah 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 that's I, a weird that's one it's one with a balloon on it
0: i mean this, this can get quite expensive a hot air balloon rides quite quite costly <laughs> well you know you, I, you can interpret them as you wish i suppose but yeah strange strange that's, that's that one's called nine arches jamie did you have any other uh thoughts on like the resident evil or the marvel dice throne ones in particular um, well, Resident Evil's just just launched, has
2: not it, today? So it's doing very well already. So three hundred fifty thousand. So it's um, yeah, sort of yeah. definitely definitely a success already. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what it is with me. I feel like there's been a, quite a lot of Resident Evil games over the years. It feels like there's a, sort of keep popping up. Have any of them ever really stuck with you guys?
0: We have yet to play any of these Steamforged ones, which I always just hear mixed things about. And I've been scared off by how expensive they are and like Kickstarter exclusive and all this other stuff that I'm like, uh, I haven't made, jumped the gun and, and bought the jump the gun, bit the bullet. That's what I meant. Some kind of a gun metaphor. Um, <laughs> one of, the, one <laughs> of those idioms. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been enjoying playing the games as I've been playing them on our streams and everything. And we've played the deck building game from years back, and that's
1: fine. But <laughs> I I enjoyed the deck building one, but it's very obvious it was made very early on. You know, right? Th- you can see the mistakes. You know that of a, a game that has not been through. Like now we know what deck building games have. But mm. I think, like you said, Jonathan, one of the biggest issues with me is always the Kickstarter exclusiveness and seeing those kinds of things. Throwing in the fact that hmm, I can spend this very large amount of money for this or i could probably spend on a sale and get like maybe the entire resident evil game collection (laughs) you know you're competing with a video game right now a beloved one yeah Yeah, i really i do really want to try them i really want to i'm
0: very curious about them but uh, at some some point we'll maybe we'll maybe get there. There's also a Batman game this week, so there's just there's too much to even talk about.
1: I <laughs> hey, actually the Batman one I want to just mention because I thought it was funny when I first looked at it and clicked the link because it was just like the preview page, and like it just says Batman Escape from Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I'm like yeah. oh, is this gonna be like those uh. Like I think from like I have escape escape from like like those just kind of like uh. the then I games. scroll down and just see all these minis I'm like oh no that's not the game I'm thinking of
0: <laughs> yeah you're playing as the as the villains trying to stop Batman in this one so there you go that's that's another Batman game for you all right so that's what's on Kickstarter right now but let's talk about some games we've been playing perhaps in real life in the uh, table talk section that's our longest and most popular bumper <laughs> by far well it's certainly our longest i'll put it that way jamie i know you're a busy guy you got a family to contend with you don't have time to be back in kickstarter games but have you had any time recently to to play anything that's been fun or maybe not fun
2: i've got some good games in at Essen actually I, for the first time ever i played cockroach poker um which was ah. fantastic I, I don't know how i missed it after all these years you know it's it's a it's fantastic but like my goodness that was a that was a good game especially when helped along with about half a dozen cultures and the german beer and uh, a, and a mm. bunch of uh yeah i was i was there with a with a guy who develop who designs LARPs and another another games designer. So we were all up for this crazy cockroach poker thing. But it was it was, it was a bit weird because when you're with designers it starts to get a bit odd and it starts to get, get, get a bit mind and It would start and somebody would st- Somebody would have to play a card and then they'd get about nine cards deep before they got another turn because every time someone would call them out correctly <laughs> and bring it back. So um, I was on the other side of the table just enjoying my drink watching these two guys destroy each other with these, um, with these cockroaches um, because the game is super simple. It's literally you put down a card. It's one of like Ten different insects, um, like it could be a cockroach, could be a fly, you know, whatever, scorpion or something. And you put that down the card, and you literally just say it's this or it's it's a say it's a fly, or, and you're either right or you're wrong. It's that simple. Um, and the other person has to call you out or not, or pass it on. And if they call you out wrong, then they get the card. If you call them out, if they call you out right, then you have to take the card. And that means it can, get, can quite get quite funny. Um, but yeah, certainly, like it's one of those. It sits in that weird world of games that is incredibly helped along by beer so like I don't, know, I don't know how good it would be without the, the half dozen beers but certainly with the beers it was it was fantastic
1: i i just find it it was funny because i actually now know of uh cockroach Burger not because i've played it but just because i and we i talked about it on the last audio expansion podcast that we do our uh, patreon we talk, podcast patreon podcast where we talk about like usually tv shows or video games we've been playing is i watched a show called after school dice club which is an anime where they play real board games and that was like the second board game they played <laughs> so i just watched them try to come up with a concept of well, how the hell does this game work so i'm like oh i know this game now <laughs> <laughs> and then right after you play it just now the trick though it sounds like what you should have done there if you're in that game in designers because they're reading everyone you, what you do is you take your hand you shuffle it and just put a card down
2: <laughs> you gotta go
1: random that will just be you like don't guess even look what? at
2: You maverick ha- maverick hand yeah
1: yeah just <laughs> they'll just stare at you in horror just be like that that's the trick with i feel like how you gotta uh, trip up a designer and if that's the same thing it's just like how you test their game it's like all right you're gonna move forward <laughs> and you're like no i go backwards what do you mean you go backwards <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go backwards do the dumbest things and one that helps them if they're you're you're play testing their game and they're like okay we actually have to put a wall there because someone's gonna do that but also, that's going to ha- how you throw them off. You got to be like the weirdest thing in the world.
2: They are the best testers. You want game breakers. You want somebody who's going to ruin your life as a games designer. That's, you just <laughs> love those people who, who will do that. But, um, but yeah, honestly, that game's great. And it's a sort of game you could play online. So if you ever do any sort of streaming stuff with the community and things, you should try that because that's, that's a really good game um, and something it's, the whole
0: community can kind of vote on.
1: It feels like it should be on. Um, what's the uh, world game arena? The, yes, thank you.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's a. I'm sure there's a, a way to play it. I, I haven't experienced. It sounds almost a uh, coup like. It's kind of like coup when you're like.
1: I I would bluffing. say it's got sort of the same vibe. You're you're trying to bluff your way around. The difference is, I guess, uh,
0: poker is also was the original <laughs> bluffing game. I'm going for a more modern version, but
1: yeah. Wait, so well, I didn't think there are. I, yeah,
2: I, I didn't think there was a more stripped down version of of liar's dice than skull and it's even more stripped down than that almost i think it's kind of like it's it's Mm -hmm. super super simple um but it it works it works but it's one you have to have the right people again with it because i think it could it could just
0: derail a bit if people aren't (laughs) okay with having fun with it um but yeah, no, it sounds it's, like it could almost good. become like, like the mind or something. Like it's just about, it's just reading each other. Like it becomes more about the meta than the
2: game. <laughs> yeah, my experience of the mind is just a lot of people staring intensely at each other going, one, <laughs> two. You know, it's like, it's, it, you know, it's, I, I, it's, it's not quite, quite the same thing of you just saying, this is a fly. And you say, you are absolutely lying out of your eye <laughs> <off> you, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's, you got this kind of slam the thing down the table, try and keep a straight face. And you claim something and you just know that everyone knows you're lying. <laughs> you know, you know, you're lying. There's no hope left. And you just, you know, just have your, you'll be covered in all these insects at in the end. Cause you have this tableau that builds up in front of you of all your kind of your, your the, it's like your tableau of shame where you've just been wrong so many times. And, and you like <laughs> lose talking- if
1: you get three of a kind, was it?
2: It's three or four. I think. I think four. Yeah. Maybe you get. You get. And so you. So you're really incentivized to lie about that last one, and everyone knows you're incentivized to lie about it because they. Everyone knows you're going to lose if you do it. So that becomes fun just in itself. Um, <laughs>
0: but yeah, good game. Good game. Is this a game <laughs> Not, that's like? Is there like an official version of Cockroach Poker, or is this something that's just like anybody can make it? Oh,
1: I, I assumed it was like the way I saw it was like literally cards that had oh yeah cockroach i guess on and oh stuff. yeah yeah
0: like, there it is yeah. it wasn't
1: just uh uh picking up a, a deck of 52 right
0: right no yeah it is uh you are correct
1: but
2: it's one of those games you can't really go wrong with because they're like it's like 10 quid or something and you're just like well you know you just you, you, you really can't go wrong with the with a game that cheap um uh to to, to, to to try out so um yeah
0: i'd highly recommend that one all right that's cockroach poker uh, anything else you've been playing
2: um Oh, what else has been Glen Glenn Moore, Glenn Moore has been, oh, yeah, been yeah, fantastic. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, we're getting away from just like <laughs> like people with beer shouting at each other down to uh Glenn Moore, which is this fantastic, fantastic kind of uh tile placement sort of it's it's like it's like tile placement with haggis. <laughs> um, I suppose. Uh do, do, do you know about haggis? Oh, I That's know the of it. sheep uh
1: <laughs> intestines, right? Stomach? Sheep stomach?
2: Yeah, well, it's actually, it's actually, it's actually a creature. It only lives in Scotland, and um, it's it, 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 it's it's one leg's longer than the other. So that because it lives on all all the mountains, and so it has to can only face one way around the mountain. Um, and so it only has like one leg short than the other to uh, to keep it to keep it up straight. Uh, have you not heard of that before? I'll have to keep an eye out. Next no. time I'm in Scotland, I'm going to look out for the haggis you definitely so. should yeah i mean they've got like wild haggis farms and all this kind of thing and um, uh-huh, uh-huh. there's actually a, there's actually one with like little tusks it's like a kind of like wild but it's a bit hairier than normal haggis uh sort of wild haggis you can get what's, uh, what's happening I, i've, I've now? googled it
1: and <laughs> right now i just feel like this is like the the scottish jackalope
2: <laughs> <laughs> what show am like, i on i don't know like... where, what's going on <laughs> did, did you not have like a food section? Like
0: I thought this had a food section, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's coming up. Uh, this, this was Glenmore, not Glenmore 2. <laughs> oh no, you're right. No, it is Glenmore 2. Sorry, it's Glenmore 2. Oh, was well, Glenmore 2. So it's got oh, all the right. little
2: boxes. That is that is so fantastic. You've got this game that's already a fantastic game, and then they offer you a bunch of mystery boxes that you can open up that give you more stuff. And so you get like one in one of them, you're racing boats around, and the other one you kind of, um, you know, like like throwing parties and all kinds of weird stuff but it's the game the game is is really nice because it's got this basic the basic the hook of the game is that well you're in scotland you're a clan you're building up your kind of clan area or whatever but the um you're placing a tile but when you place that tile it triggers all the tiles around it which is just a lovely little feel to it um and it's got this thing where you where you've got this sort of rondelle thing kind of rondel thing where you've where you've got this um track of, of all the tiles you can pick and you can pick any tile you want all the way around the board um, so so you're kind of it, it's an amazing way of judging the value of a tile because basically you can go as far as you want and pick up any tile you want but you're not going to have another turn until all the other players pass you mm. and so it's really nice because you're just like well you everybody's sitting there ju- trying to judge the amount of how much value does that tile have is it worth the kind of force jumps or whatever that I'm going to have to do to get there um, it just immediately creates this this market which is just fantastic that
1: that reminds me a lot of um uh, Tokaido and stuff. And I love where you sort of like, you have to, it's not simply just take the thing. There's a distance between players. And if you want something, you go very far ahead. You're giving someone else like three turns in a row or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just really, really good.
1: I, I really do enjoy that mechanic because one, it usually changes the usual player. A goes, then player B goes, then player C goes, then player D goes. And it, and depending on how things are randomized, like I said, I haven't played Glenn more but like you tile values can change then. Cause like sometimes maybe it's like, oh, it's only one space away from me or something or something like, oh, I'm giving everyone like three turns now. So Mm. it's fun to see how the, how those games go.
2: It allows you to actually have more, it it allows you to have some interesting power, like differentials and stuff. Like some things can kind of be more powerful. So you don't have to have a cost attached to the card to make it more powerful as a card. You literally just have time as the payment. You can have anything you want, that you always get one tile it's just how much time are you prepared to pay for that um so really interesting way of kind of creating a value system without actually putting stamping like it costs 10 gold
0: or whatever to buy this thing mm-hmm. right so is Glenmore two too like a replacement for the original or are both distinct uh, i
2: i i think i think it's i th- if, if if i'm right i think it's the, that it's it's kind of like a it was designed as a kind of next step replacement type of okay. thing i don't think it's he's got he's got a
0: lot of the core mechanisms of, of the first one got it got it i like i like when games just have a 2 <laughs> well, i like <laughs> that sequel method <laughs> i think that's that's fun more games should do that all right so that's uh, glenmore uh let's uh, let's talk about some of the games will and i have been playing well we were we were separated again this past week so I don't know what was going on over on your end, but it looks like you played I, some games.
1: Yeah, I went to visit a friend who invited me over. We played plenty of board games, including ones we've talked about a lot on the show before. Uh, Kitchen Rush is one I brought. They, they just got Wingspan, so we played through that and some other things. But the two ones that were new to me, at least, I think, to talk about. Uh, first one is Unearthed. This is a, I would call it a set collecting game. But the way it works is you all start off with one of these ruins secret. And the, most of the ruins are just by color. They have a point value too, but uh, no, no, the point value is not used there. Sorry, I was mixing it up in my head. Um, and you have a set of dice, like 1d8, I think it was 3d6s, and 1d4. Is this unearth? Well, with, I think I might have accidentally, with, yeah. Without I an ud? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. going to make sure now.
0: <laughs> From Brotherwise Games?
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. So my mistake. Unearthed, not unearthed. Um and on your turn, you're gonna say, I would like to grab like that red card. You're gonna roll your die and put it on there. And when it hits a certain value, like smash up, you score it, and whoever had the most value there gets the card. But you put it face down, so it's a little harder to track. If though you roll a three or less, you get these little uh stones, I think they were called. And if you you arrange the stones into circles which let you gather these other little rune tiles that can give you bonus powers like add or subtract to a die Uh, but they require like you need like two red stones and four of any other color or something and then after the deck runs out you see who has the most points like if you have three cards it's worth six four it's worth ten something like that you can also get these um i forget what they call them like they're like these one-time power cards if you don't win a land, so sometimes like you will let someone score a card because you want to get like the power cards later on the delver that's what they're called Mm. so it was it's a simple game and honestly it was one that like i almost wish it went like a few turns longer because i was having fun just doing it but i really like the sort of set collecting combined with like the pattern recognition of trying to get the stones to get these powerful these new powers and stuff but uh, it was very cute, and I think it does have an expansion. They didn't have it, or at least I don't think they did. Um, <laughs> it, lo- it looks,
0: the art looks very pleasant. It looks nice yes. to look at. It reminds me kind of of um, uh, sort of in the same vein as like the Century Golem. Uh, it would definitely kind fit
1: right alongside of that. Mm. Uh, the other one I want to bring up. I mean, we have played it before, but I've never actually played the Sushi Go Party version. We played that, and it really does. Just feel like a deluxified Sushi Go with pretty much having everything in there. And you actually take out tiles, Jonathan, so you know what cards you're using for that set, Mm. Uh, which is very nice. The only – I would probably go for Sushi Go Party. The big thing that makes me happy I have my little Sushi Go tin version is just the size. Mm. (laughs) Like Sushi Go, I could probably take that with me almost anywhere. The party is a much bigger tin because it's more, it's like a deluxified version. It's for a party. (laughs) It is. So it's not, but I almost like I'm fine with both existing because of that. (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to bring up the party because I thought it was, it was really cool to see all these different weird combos you can come up with. Um, But it was in my head. I'm just like, man, I do really love. I can take that drafting game with me anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. The final thing I'm going to talk about was actually just happened. It was, if you don't know, I mean, we brought up a little earlier. We have a Patreon. Here's a shameless plug. But there is a reason I'm bringing it up. Uh-huh. Not only do we have the audio expansion, which is when we talk about uh, non-game stuff. But we at the end of each month, we game with our our Holy Rollers. That's the the rank (laughs) we have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Either we've done RPGs, we've done tabletop simulator things. Uh, This week, or this month, uh, we did the new Jackbox, the Jackbox Party Pack 8. And while we had some annoying issues with uh, connecting... (laughs) Technical (laughs) issues, yeah. Technical issues. Uh, overall, uh, we didn't play every game, right? No, we, we we did not. We
0: only did three of the five. So we, we tried the new drawful, uh, for everyone who doesn't know, these are people I think everybody knows about these by now, but yeah, it's a collection of party games you play on your phone online with people or in the same room. And, uh, yeah, we played the new drawful game. Then there's the pole mine, (laughs) which is about, um, uh going through a dungeon to kind of a family feud style voting on choices and uh the other one was job job where you're trying to make prompts that have to do with resumes but you're using a collection of a jumble of words from other players to form sentences uh so it's kind of a weird game they're kind of i don't know how much sense this makes they're kind of hard to explain but once you play them (laughs) they're pretty straightforward uh, but we had a pretty good time. Yeah, I, I thought the, uh, for the three we played, I thought were very strong.
1: I, yeah, so far, I think this is a really good pact. I think the drawing, what the drawing game did is it took a bit from fibbage, a bit more instead of just being like, here's a good drawing. You're actually still trying to trick people with words and stuff, which I think helps it. Uh, I think that was probably one the problem a lot more with the drawing games. Sometimes just, well, who drew the best? That, right. That's going to be the winner. Uh, And don't get me wrong, I love that, but I can understand for a lot of people that makes things maybe not as interesting, but with the fibbage element, it's sort of, we had these great moments because in particular for Jonathan, you kept getting things like throwing cranberry, bobbing for cranberries or something. And they only give you three colors. So Jonathan didn't have red. So like, (laughs) I like the answer like bobbing for oranges, bobbing for mangoes, like everyone else trying to trick each other. And it's just like, did he actually have the color for oranges or did, is that just the best he could do? So I think they, that that yeah. was actually a, a yeah. very clever choice on their part.
0: It's kind of, it reminded me of like the telestrations uh, mm-hmm. where, yeah, we're like one, you get a prompt to start it and then the next person draws and the next person writes what they think that person was drawing. And you're trying to write what you, um, you're trying to guess what the person's prompt actually was yeah it's uh it's fun it's a fun one there's different versions of that game too we didn't we tried one but there's like variants where you can submit your
1: own prompts if you want i i oh and i love that being part of jackbox in general the submit your own the one thing i think they need to look into and i think i don't think and maybe it's a little hard but i think it's possible it should be like you can type in like, uh, like, you get a room code where you can people can join in, but I can then type in, like, jackbox.tv slash TGFD, like whatever your room code is, and that would also show, like, the screen.
0: Oh, because, like a way for people like, to watch it without you having to stream it.
1: Yes. I think that is something that should be looked into now, maybe. Because I think that is within the realm of possibilities.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea, but they've if they've been doing pretty well during the pandemic so i imagine they could i don't know about servers and stuff like that how that works yeah that would yeah. but like since they already are doing right they're already doing that kind of So, but uh, jamie have you have you ever done the jackbox games? is that a thing they because i mean i guess we're talking about them now technically it's a video game but they're very board game adjacent
2: yeah no i've just uh i just found about out about them now but it looks like something sort of i want oh, to give man. a
0: go I, I, lo- I love these kind of little things Yeah, if you if you like those kinds of, they're they're very reminiscent of a lot of different party board games.
1: Well, now we just got we got to play with Jamie now. Oh yeah, (laughs) you got to get a game, uh, a big.
0: They're fun. They're fun, and you only need one person to buy them, and everyone else can just join on their phone. (laughs) So that's also good. I'll bring the (laughs) kosh. Bring the haggis. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, and I played a couple games. I just want to point out right here. If anyone uh, listening ever is wondering, like who is the more popular or well-liked role for crit host <laughs> La- on last week's episode i wasn't around for a game night and w- there were like 6 people who came will they played a bunch of party games well, was talking well, about all of them <laughs> hold on let me let me finish let me finish <laughs> this week will wasn't around only me hosting game night one person showed up I had to text someone else who lived nearby, basically beg them, like, will you please come to game night? Because it's sad right now. (laughs) We need help. And we managed to play a total of two games throughout the night. So um, I don't know. I just there's something there's something here that's I was a little. uh, little Well, I
1: cannot comment on the two game issue, (laughs) but I pretty much had a bit of a cheat because, first of all, my brother's nearby. So I had him. (laughs) Second, three of the people came because they were doing a a um, a photo shoot for their wedding, like prepping for the wedding and stuff. So they're already around here. Hmm. yeah so like i i they weren't pretty much- in my
0: house i'll tell you that <laughs> they, 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 i don't know i'm just saying i don't think they like me as much anyway doesn't matter uh games that we played so just a couple to talk about first one is uh another one of these button shy wallet games that i backed recently actually and came it's called death valley it's for uh just one or two players so it worked out that there were just two of us to start and this is a cool game the idea is you're exploring death valley and There's a deck face down and then one card from the top will be face up. And on your turn, you can either take the face up one or take the top card of the face down deck and you add it to your personal play area. And each one has a number of points as well as maybe an an effect and a symbol on it. The symbols represent hazard. So it's like heat or flood or something like that. And if you there's a little bit of a press your luck, because if you get three of the same symbol in your collection, you go bust. And you lose most of your cards. You can archive your cards, so to speak, into a scrapbook section, which means they'll be safe from you going. If if you go bust, you won't lose them. But then they're not worth points. But some cards might want cards in that section to be worth points. They'll be like, we want to be next to this type or something like that. So um, you're trying to decide where you should put those and how you should push your luck. And when you also when you there's it's one of these games button shy. There's only eighteen cards in it. So uh, and only for two players. So you can kind of calculate like, OK, I know how many of this type are left in the deck. So is it safe for me to draw one right now? Or should I you have the option to rest on your turn, which is putting stuff into your scrapbook and pretty interesting game. I I, I really I really enjoyed it. Uh, one of the things that's cool is that when you go bust your a lot of your cards get shuffled back into the deck and even when you rest as the name of the action you can also choose to shuffle some cards back into the deck if you want so the game could go the game doesn't end until the deck runs out so if you keep going bust you could keep prolonging it or you could say hey I know that you have two of this symbol so I'm gonna shuffle a bunch of the symbols that I have of that type back into the deck to try to <laughs> mess with you uh there's like interesting meta plays like that that i think could come about uh but yeah it's a fun quick little game it was it was a good one i haven't tried the solo mode but two player works pretty well it's there's not a t- ton of interaction with each other but
1: that that's definitely one i want to play not just because i love the just the, the the setting of death valley yeah
0: yeah it's cool the art is cool and then the other one played the new edition of galaxy trucker so I I venture a guess, Jamie, maybe you have played Galaxy Trucker, but uh, because it's been around forever and most people have played it. But for this was uh, my first time. This is this has kind of been like a white whale of mine for many years. (laughs) Uh, There she
2: blows.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that I've uh, always wanted to play and never got the chance. And this new version came out uh, that we grabbed at Gen Con. And so the first time playing it, I played it with a group of three players and none of us had played it before. And the real big difference with the new version besides the art is that in the original game, you essentially play through three different ships in a single game. And now they have introduced it so that you play one ship at a time. And then it's like, if you want to, you can play the ultimate mode where you play three different ships. So they've tried to make it more approachable which I think has been, it was good. Like we played a learning game that's like a specific kind of tutorial version, which I think was helpful. The, the way it works for anyone who doesn't know, you are building a ship by grabbing tiles from a big pile in the center of the table and you put them on your shipboard and the tiles are all face down to start. And you grab it, and you choose where you, if you want to place it or not. If you don't, you put it back face up. And everyone's doing this at the same time. It's all simultaneous play. So you are just grabbing tiles, deciding if you want to put them somewhere. And, of course, there's rules, like they have to connect the right way on your ship. And some of them house uh, astronauts. Some of them are engines or cannons to, sh- to shoot uh, away threats. There's all different effects that they have. And so everyone's frantically doing this. And then in the second phase, you go through a deck of cards and a bunch of bad things happen. So it'll be like asteroids are coming from this direction. And if you didn't build a cannon in that direction, then you're going to lose a ship part. And maybe if you lose a ship part that was connected to other parts, those other parts will fall off, too, because they're not supported anymore. So you're trying to, like, build your ship up in a strong way and i i loved the game I, we had a really good time playing it we we just did we did a one the learning game and then we did one of the level 2 ships which is a little bigger so we didn't try level 3 or the like full game that the actual original game is would have done but from what it was it was really fun it's a it's from Vlad Fatil so it very much felt like it had dna from space alerts uh if if you like that kind of craziness except it's not co-op so you don't have to worry about messing each other up just yourself uh and very goofy also a really funny rule book like it's it's a rule book that has a lot of jokes in it which made it fun to read uh yeah that tutorial yeah.
2: was really good wasn't it on that on the that, on, on galaxy trucker they, they, they had this whole playthrough tutorial that was um just i remember it being really well done there's not many rule books you can't remember but i remember that one
0: yeah i think and space alert had that too i think uh check games in general or i guess the check games, maybe it's a lot of thing <laughs> but uh they, yeah there's some a good rule book with a good like tutorial can be is very much appreciated that, that's very nice
1: uh, i, I yeah. feel this comes up whenever we have our split game night so to speak and there's always like uh, it's like that's the one time we're like oh i guess i can play this game now that I wanted to play with Jonathan and then like this, happened, I'm like, man, galaxy trucker finally hits when I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about
0: that. Oh. But, but it's really fun. And so we'll definitely play oh, yeah. it again.
1: It's not, nice. yeah. it's, it's always just the general situation. Just like how we're like, all right, we want to play this game that needs six people. And then that's the everyone's like, we can't make it. Or like, oh, there's probably only going to be like three or four. This would be a time. And that's when everyone shows up.
0: <laughs> yeah, right now we're trying to gather a group to play the Dune board game, and that's proved to be challenging. <laughs> uh, we've now got to a point where we have to ask which Dune game. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just going for, well, the, I guess it's the 2019 reprint of the original. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, not the uh, '70s classic, <laughs> but I think they're or or the same. hidden roll one or the deck builder the Imperium yeah. one, oh. <laughs> or or the uh, storytelling one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of Dune games out there. All right, uh, Jamie, was there anything else you've been playing, or was that did we cover the the highlights?
2: I played Galaxy Trucker 2 recently, actually. That was that hit the deck. Oh. That literally hit our table for the first time in about 15 years. <laughs> wow. Or 10 years or whatever it was again. So that's a weird, a weird combination. Yeah. It must be something in the water currently. Um about when so.
1: <laughs> we were just and I just like because that that just a thought, because um we we're prepping for extra life and we were going like, what should we play on there? And I just I forget what it was, Jonathan. You pointed out something like we we haven't seen that hit the table since like our first year of playing board games. <laughs> now and it's just such a weird feeling to think there's some games that we loved and I think still love it's just like you're just like when was the last time we actually saw that on a table?
0: I'll tell you. Here's a here's a weird tangent, but I, I for some reason recently I was looking at my all my past Amazon orders. <laughs> if you haven't <laughs> done this, it's kind of interesting to go through the years and be like, when did I like start oh, ordering God. things from Amazon? <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll uh, I do, I do that too often because that's me on my credit card bill going. Okay, let me make sure. <laughs> I'm talking about from okay, like that 2004
0: or whatever. <laughs> is that like a nice evening and you know, i'm
2: just imagining you as you know some cheese yeah, get some yeah. wine you know, open up your amazon account and you just sit and there. it's like oh yeah i remember that
0: this is my idea <laughs> of a good time <laughs> yeah you see jonathan that should be
1: one of the tarot cards
0: <laughs> but uh it was weird seeing like oh this was like this year is kind of the 10-year anniversary of when i first bought like cutthroat caverns betrayal at house on the hill a lot of these board games that started really in earnest my board game love and i'm like oh it's like it's been t- it's been a decade it's it, 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 it gets worse
2: mate it gets when, when you stop we, people start coming up to you and saying like oh i played qatar for the first time is this like ancient game like from the dark ages of board games? But it's still amazing so it's like i was there when it was first printed <laughs> you know, like, what's what going what's going on you know like um yeah you really start to feel your age a bit what's what's fascinating about about board games, which I think is, you don't see it so much in computer games, but I, I love the fact that you can have a game that is still in your collection 15 years on, and it's it's still amazing, and you can get to this point, like, you know, it's sometimes where you watch a movie, and you watch them about five years apart, and you can't really remember most of what go on, you just remember generally it was a good thing to watch, so you watch it again, and it was like, oh yeah, that's pretty good, I could... you do the same thing with, with board games, where you just kind of go back and play it again, like Galaxy is fantastic, and all, you forget how good the game was, um, and how like, especially actually back then, you know, like there's all kinds of stuff hitting the fan with, the, with board games, there's so many weird and wacky wonderful ideas happening around those uh, around that time so um galaxy truck was one of those like i don't know let's see if we can cross um space engineers with hungry hippos <laughs> let's see what <laughs> yeah. let's see what happens you know you've just got like oh, building a spaceship but you're just kind of grabbing everything you possibly can as quickly as you can and see what happens and it worked somehow it, it actually worked as a system it's like that you uh, part of me thinks oh maybe you wouldn't see that so much today like you wouldn't see some of those but maybe maybe you would i don't know like maybe it's just me feeling old and, but um <laughs> but yeah like the, 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 the there was some
0: really cool stuff coming up, coming out then and still good yeah today. yeah I mean, what, what's interesting about it? i was thinking about this recently like also compared to other mediums is that a board game on your shelf from 10 years ago you'll take it off and it can still feel i mean there might be some dated components sometimes but compared to a video game from 10 years ago there's like a clear mm-hmm. The, the difference in just the look and feel is so significant that immediately it's like, Oh, you're playing a retro game or whatever versus yep. a, a board game. I feel like the shelf life pun intended can be a lot, feel longer because it doesn't, I think it takes longer for them to feel dated. Maybe there's exceptions to that. I, I
1: think the thing is for me, the difference is since video games and movies and TV shows in particular are much more visual mediums. Yeah. That, it's much easier to outdate them because of like graphics or even just like the set pieces and stuff. And obviously black and white versus color when board <laughs> games, I feel like they're less dated by their components. They can be, you know, especially something like a card game that's been shuffled a lot, <laughs> but I feel it's going to be like we brought up with, um, there was an evil deck building game. It's once you get into the mechanics you're going to be like, "Oh, I've seen how we've improved on deck building or this kind of thing before or how like how did they balance like Monopoly or something? You know, how do we deal with that problem?" And we've seen how designers have become really clever and be like, "I know how to solve that issue." Yeah. And it feels actually really cool to be like, "Okay, cuz sometimes in these games you can actually like, what if we brought that rule here? How does that change the game?" You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool, and, and you know, and then some, there's games—the ones that stand on the test of time—and you have stuff again, like Dune, Cosmic Encounter. Uh, that's just, you know, they've take they, it to ride. Yeah, well,
1: I, yeah. I mean, that's yes, a
0: little newer, but yeah,
1: <laughs> it's newer. But I still feel like that's one that probably won't.
0: But it's like even when they have new versions of them, it's like largely the gameplay does feel. It still feels just as fresh sometimes today as it did back then, which is nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, uh, I mean, like Jonathan, I think Dune is actually probably a good example. That's probably the biggest thing that they need is just a new paint job. Partially because they can afford it now. (laughs) We're willing to pay artists more for and get better art instead of just uh, maybe some of the more abstract, lenient and shades of tan and green and maybe slight green yeah it's interesting yeah. that
2: some of these things may stay in our collections for lifetimes you know some of these things they, won't, they don't need they're always going to be good mechanically and you know sometimes they can be replaced but a lot of these a lot of the mechanisms you know because there's also this thing about kind of not really copying each other a lot in games like some systems like deck building wherever it gets copied um you know or drafting and all so, you know some mechanisms find their way in but um but a lot of games they're kind of once that that designing a game that was too similar to Galaxy Trucker would would invite the the um, comparison, right? People go, "Oh, it's Galaxy Trucker, is it?" <laughs> like you know, it can look too close to it, and so like generally, I think the community kind of just they're they're often sort of like um, revolving around each other and things, but they're very rarely like direct copies of a of a game, and so often once you've kind of designed something like Galaxy Trucker, it's like it's got its own little space in the universe, and it just sort of sits there, and people don't like try and push you push you, that game out with those things um you know sometimes in like dungeon crawlers and things it gets a bit more messy because there's a lot of kind of things but certainly in um in, in in a lot of games it's you don't you don't get that 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 repeat of the mechanism coming up and then sometimes those those games can like they, they spend their time in the limelight they fall out of things but then they can but then you know another five ten years goes on and suddenly you've got so imagine you know if we're doubling in size every ten years say uh, you know four years by some accounts uh, by kickstarter mm-hmm. for instance four years we we doubled the amount of um, uh, funding on kickstarter um, from 2017 this year <laughs> right so that's crazy right mm-hmm. to double literally double the amount of, of, of funding from four years ago so that not that doesn't correlate to a hundred percent increase in the popular in the community but certainly it's like you know if you imagine every 10 years we double in size there's a load of people that, that those games can kind of fall out of the limelight for a bit they aren't really getting in, they're not doing sales but then they kind of just re-emerge like that whale right they can come up again <laughs> and um, and so suddenly you get a whole new reprint of this game and a whole new excitement comes up about a game that's like 20 years old or something because it's it's um it's still good and it's and it's not and it wasn't someone didn't come in and replace it with a, a substantially better
0: game or something in that same space yeah yeah there's definitely yeah games that can stand the test of time and i mean i mean chess (laughs) <laughs> we're still we're still talking about chess we're still making tv shows about chess hey
2: uh, you say yeah. that you say that at essen I, you saw a fantastic looking game called peace chess um it was it was the most european board game i've ever seen it was taking chess but taking all of the uh the, uh, the, the regicide out of it and, and 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 so all of the pieces <laughs> dance with each other is how it works and so you can move on to a piece but instead of taking it you get locked into a dance with that piece so the two pieces exist at one spot and um and then you can do these combos where if you chain into one person that's dancing then they get to do a move and they get to do a move until eventually you have to be dancing with the king and so there might one day be a peaceful replacement for chess
0: (laughs) that sounds that's beautiful let's let's take that optimistic note (laughs) and run with it uh we are going to finish the show up before we leave we are going to quickly play a very fun board game game that's right. It's time for Board Game Game. If you didn't know, this is our uh, podcast episode right before Halloween. So spooky times are happening. So, we, of course, we got to do some Halloween talk right now. And the way we're going to do it is through another one of our board game drafts. So, the way this works is each of us is going to be planning a competing game night. So now we're really going to see who's going to show up where, uh, as we alluded to earlier. And our theme this week is Halloween games. So actually, I'm going to put uh, a link here in the show notes to uh, some horror games list on Board Game Geek, but doesn't have to be a horror game necessarily. These could be games about costumes, candy, monsters, anything that's kind of spooky or Halloween related. And we are going to take turns drafting uh, Halloween-themed games of our choice to try to build the best game night. So we're going to do this as we do snake style, so the uh, person who goes third will get two picks in a row. Jamie, I'm going to let you decide first. Do you want to be first and get a, you got the first choice, or do you want to go third and uh, and and get two choices in a row for the first round? And there will be, I think we'll we'll probably do four. We'll do three or four. Uh, I want the the Wombo combo, please. I want to get the double turn. All right. All right. Then how about you, Will? You are you willing to uh, step up to the challenge?
1: <laughs> I am not. I would like you to go first. <laughs>
0: All right, great. Uh, that's totally fine. I will take the first pick this week. And there's a lot of good uh, possible. Yeah, yeah. Games.
1: That's why I'm like, how
0: oh, I, I wish I had some prep time for this one. No, that's the <sighs> that's the thrill of the board game draft. Is uh, you're 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 caught. I know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but I am going to go ahead and uh, I. pretty pretty easy pick for me that i feel like is such a good such a good halloween themed game uh it's not strictly halloween-y but uh, well it is very halloween-y but it's not strictly around halloween but it's a kind of a party game but it's got such a good atmosphere such good vibes and that's mysterium uh the uh the the party game calling it a party game you could argue what's a party game i guess but Uh, where one player is a ghost and everyone's trying to solve their murder uh, through the cards that they give out and interpret them. And it's, it's remained one of my favorite games. And I, I do feel like it's, it's got an edge just in its, its, its colors and its visuals. It's very, you're, you're very immersed in the art of this game and it's all very spooky. So I think that's, I'm snagging that one as my first pick.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely on my, uh, go-to list
0: <laughs> but i know there's plenty of uh i know oh, you're the, lovecraft heads so there's i of am there. but
1: i've decided because the idea behind this is we're sort of making uh, lack of a better term competing game nights uh-huh yeah so that's the framework that i
0: invented yeah well the, because
1: <laughs> i could easily design i would argue what would be a almost a locked game night like i'm inv- i'm specifically inviting like this person, this person, and this person. <laughs> You're trying to play like the, arch- the card game. This
0: crowd, you can no,
1: get. like or just, I am I'm not I'm not guaranteeing who's going to be there. Yes, so sure. However, you want to do what, it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's how I think it would be the way to go here. Okay. So my first pick <laughs> is going to be something I think to get everyone in the mood, laughing, and that's going to be werewords. Oh. I think pick. we still got the werewolf aspect, but I just personally and i think you agree john that i just like where words more i like we could do also a spooky lit word list oh yeah to keep things going and we got a traitor in there too so there is some competitiveness but not enough that i think that it's going to already put everyone in a bad mood
0: yeah that's a good one where, where words a really fun app word guessing party game love where words good 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 thematic good thematic work there all right jamie what's your uh what's your first draft oh <laughs> take your time take your time
2: I, I think we're going to start intimate I think we're gonna start you know just a few people haunted house um and you know just have a little bit of betrayal. Oh, in this haunted house All on the hill, right. classic. We're gonna have, we're gonna start with that. and We're gonna just roll the dice on like what is it like fifty different horror scenarios. Well, <laughs> so I like it is know, with
1: the expansion, yeah.
2: And the good the thing about this is, is that that means next year's party we're sorted. The year after we're sorted again. You know, we, we're good for the next like couple of decades uh, because every time <laughs> we just play a different betrayal legacy a betrayal house on the hill uh, scenario, and it feels different every time. But you know, by that point, people actually learn the rules, so that's good. People are coming back. They're having a nice time. Um, and that's my first pick you know getting him into that kind of that kind of that horror mood and then we go bam we hit him with with the big stuff the biggest of all the stuff Cthulhu oh. was
1: Oh, man. oh and oh, i'm not man. just talking about the normal
2: i'm talking about we have a special halloween cthulhu wars which has all of the expansions in existence in a hypothetical world so we actually oh. have a house that is literally built be out still of Cthul- my heart it's, it's cthulhu <laughs> boxes wall to wall there is no actual house it's just made of cthulhu product and uh, and you, you open those boxes and you climb inside or something and you end up at a table and eventually you kind of unravel your minds as you play a i'm assuming there's 64 people who've come to this party so we've got 64 player cthulhu wars going on um and it literally takes the rest of time so that no one else can go they, so it's the best party anyone's ever going to go to because it's the last one they're all going to go to because they're all going to die before the game finishes um but yeah we're going to get some massive plastic out and uh and, and roll some dice and you know just just
0: just turn the world upside down well you really you really took that one from from will right there i don't know if he would have picked it but
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I would be like, I'd be afraid to bring that to the table and scared. Now that you said I'm like, he likes Hulu wars. I need to play with him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you got to get somebody. Jamie, as the kids would say, you you understood the assignment on this one. I liked I liked your picks. That's a thing kids say. I don't know if anyone knows that. Uh, all right. Which kids is it? You know, the zoomers, you know. Uh, I have a an infinite knowledge of zoomer. That sounds I'm, let's strike that from the record. Well, Will, it's your turn for enough of your second pick.
1: Uh all right, I need a, a clarification now for my order. Is this 3 or 4?
0: We're going to do four. Let's do. Well, I think we can manage four picks. There's a lot of Halloween games.
1: We're going to go four? All right. So for my number four, I'm going to go with Ghost Stories. Okay. Because this is a, an extremely difficult but cooperative game. You get people thinking, but no one's going at each other's throats yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm, interesting that you said yet. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So now it's my turn to get, uh, two in a row. That's how this works, right? That's how this format works.
1: Yeah. You get two in a row. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. You being in the middle, uh, just get to be in the middle. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that you gotta have a little bit of, uh, as you alluded to, you've got to have some backstabbing <laughs> on a Halloween game night. There's gotta be some people who are mad at each other and, and spooking each other. And there's a lot of good choices for this. And I'm torn between going for what I think is probably a better game or uh, kind of a, just a, a recent one <laughs> that I, you know what, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for a recent one that I played and that's the evil dead two board game. Uh, Cause I think that is a perfect, Evil Dead is a really good spooky Halloween franchise, isolated cabin in the woods type of vibe. And th- this is, this will cover my, my hidden trader style game. There's, there's other ones. I won't say them, but there are ones that I, <laughs> that I would like to include in this one in particular that I think is really good. Uh, but I'll, I'll go with Evil Dead for the sake of the theme. Cause I'm a fan of the films. And <laughs> For my second pick, it is hard because there are there are just so, 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 so many good spooky games. I think I'm going to go with more of a um, more of a not as directly. This is a real world terror. This is a this is this was a a very real threat. And that's (laughs) monopoly. That's Jack the Ripper. And I'm going to go with letters from Whitechapel. Ooh, oh, good cool. that
1: shit. I can't believe. Yeah. So you got the, yeah, you got the, that.
0: Will. <laughs> that's right. The, the hidden movement elements, uh, not knowing where he's going to come from, where he's going to strike next kind of a classic game with a very appropriately gruesome theme. <laughs> so uh, you again, will for your third pick.
1: All right. So as I alluded to, I do think there's got to be some hidden role and going on here. And, I feel uh, also if everyone is not, I don't think it's a big shocker. Huge fan of the Alien franchise, oh, yeah. but I'm not choosing an Alien game. Mm. I'm choosing something that is the spirit of Alien, and that's Nemesis. Yeah, this is going to be the huge game that hits a table. No one knows who to trust. Going around a space <laughs> station, you know, we built up for it. We had the werewords, everyone getting together, party, but had a traitor element there. We had the difficult tension build up, but it was cooperative. Now that tension's sort of there. Guess what? Now you can't trust the people next to you. Yeah. Also, nice. minis!
0: <laughs> <laughs> also minis. What do you Will?
2: Right. Minis cooler in Nemesis than they were in the actual Aliens film? What do you think?
1: Mm, I don't know. It's hard to improve on the Aliens. They're, they're such an, a brilliant design. And it's obvious they take homage to some of them. You
2: know, yeah. pretty sweet. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Nemesis. Nemesis. What are they called there? Nemesis, aren't they? <laughs> so, <Xenobos. laughs> the Nemesis. Yeah. Nemesis. Nemesis. Nemesi? <laughs> yeah, that's Nem- what it is. <laughs> nemesis.
0: All right, Jamie. Now, you're, you're, fill out the rest of your, Ooh. your bracket here. Two more, two more picks. I- okay I, I didn't realize i was getting a second go so 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 what's, ha- what's happened now is
2: i've I, we're now stuck in an endless game of cthulhu wars built out of a house of cthulhu boxes so i this is
1: the games you're playing in between your yeah turns.
2: exactly yeah so we're now at a 64 player game where it takes several hours to get back to your turn so we're um uh so we're gonna have to figure so we haven't had any zombies
0: yet right we need some zombies yeah have a halloween night now well
1: didn't I'll, you have zombies jonathan isn't
0: uh Uh, oh evil dead is they're dead oh yeah technically they're zombies but yeah not yes do that do they run (laughs) does it count if they run i don't know if it counts yeah yeah (laughs) but
2: um but well i don't know for me it's for the zombie side of things it would be if
0: it would be last night on earth Mm. i don't know if you have you ever played that game that's one of what we were talking before about my uh, amazon (laughs) orders that was one (laughs) of my first purchases
2: that game was just fantastic like just like and and, you know half of the experience was the spooky soundtrack it came with so you know playing that you just have the spooky Mm -hmm. soundtrack going the whole night which was which was brilliant and um you know just be running around trying to fill up your your jeep to get out of the get out of dodge and um and then you get someone that ended up stupidly throwing the petrol can you need at the zombies and shooting it or something so that then you've run out of petrol again you're alive for 30 more seconds but then you have to go back and find another can and um yeah no that 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 was that's that's definitely a game that's happening at some point on the table in the Cthulhu wars game you know just being played out
0: the somewhere. <laughs> yeah yeah
2: and then you you get your last pick right now my, my last pick oh well you know and then then so we so pe- some people have been knocked out of the uh last night on earth game so there's now a subset of people who are still playing the cthulhu wars but aren't able to play last night on earth <laughs> and so now they've started their own mini game called lovecraft letters um oh, so it's like nice. so it's, it's, it's it's this is a you know a bit you get, you get kind of like a sub cthulhu game culture going on here um where yeah it's 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 like love letter but you've got um You've got madness as a, as a concept, and um, yeah, you can kind of invoke Cthulhu at some point and and basically win the game if you can kind of bring Cthulhu like squirming and slithering into the reality. So um, yeah, Love Lovecraft Letters is kind of being played somewhere on that that
0: massive Cthulhu Wars table. Yeah, I remember when I do, we tried that. It had some really yeah. nice improvements.
1: It's definitely one of my favorite Lovecraft spin-offs. not Lovecraft Love Letter <laughs> spinoffs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I feel like it's not like the same cards maybe some tweaked abilities it has like a really weird like the the madness versions of cards and stuff so i feel like it actually is like no this could be next to love letter like you yeah. could own both yep. yeah it doesn't Pretty feel good. like a so i chose so i'm ending off my night and people are probably a bit tired from nemesis Penny. how the game went unfortunately they're at my game night <laughs> So you're you're gonna you're stuck with me. <laughs> and I'm going to force you all to play the second edition of Arkham Horror. I love that. It's cooperative, so it won't be people too angry. Um and I will take out the trader card in that in, in the expansion, mostly just because I don't think it's fun. Once again, the if you want a trader mechanic, it's gotta be pretty court of the game. Um and I do, I mean, the third edition, it's nothing against the third edition. I just the second edition with everything that it has, I just feel it's, and it's in essence, it's complete. It's your, it's, it's the um, one you,
0: it's your nostalgic for it. It's yours. Yeah,
1: <laughs> And it could fit more people than that. Oh, actually, no, it, it fits the same. I, I, I mixed that up because I was debating between that and mansions of madness.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mansions is a good pick. So uh, nobody, uh, for my, my last, but the other zombie game I was considering was dead of winter and also a trader game.
1: I already had the I felt like yeah. <laughs> I had my big heavy. Yeah, creator.
0: no, I mean, yeah, we, 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 we all picked them uh, for my last one. I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to basics. I'm going to go. Uh, I think one of the best ones to to end the night on is a role playing format. And that's the game we have played called Ten Candles, which mm. is a very oh,
1: that's a sp- big, spooky yeah. role
0: playing game where you're uh, everybody dies at the end of it. And as the game goes on, you <laughs> put out actual candles as you play.
1: Or you accidentally do it. In my case,
0: <laughs> yeah. Or and that's part of the, if you accidentally do it, that affects the game. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> so it's a it's a really good atmospheric, sp- spooky, dark game. So uh, our final game nights: Jamie's got Betrayal, House on the Hill, Cthulhu Wars, Last Night on Earth, and Lovecraft Letter. Will's is Werewords, Ghost Stories, Nemesis, and Arkham Horror Second Edition. And I've got Mysterium, Evil Dead Two, Letters from Whitechapel, and Ten Candles. All these are all pretty good. I like all I like I like Jamie. I like you. You've got Betrayal and Last Night on Earth and, and Love Letter of some feels very feels very classic. Feels like and the Cthulhu Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Cthulhu Wars. Uh, yeah. I mean, these are these are these are good game nights. I feel like to make mine really good, I might swap Evil Dead for Mansions of Madness. That's probably the better choice, but I didn't do
1: it. So I, I could, <laughs> depending on I was thinking about this, too. Once again, like I said, mansions for the Arkham. But also, I was thinking maybe uh, horrified for Ghost oh, Stories. Oh yeah,
0: classic. Well, it feels classic. It's actually well, because new. it's a classic monster <laughs> movies, and I feel like yeah,
1: and it's like the it's newer too. But you know, I just feel like Ghost Stories was one that like, I feel like that's probably part of your early Amazon purchase list. Yeah, <laughs> I remember getting that
0: one early on. Tough, tough game. All right. Well, those are our list. We'll let the listeners decide which game night they would rather attend jamie for being on the show this week you've earned experience points and Ooh. you get to spend them right now because that's how it works by telling <laughs> people how and where they can follow you and all your projects um well i'm jamie jolly from um, shadowborn games uh we've
2: Got um, Osworn into the Deepwood that's coming to coming to all the backers uh, next year very soon, and then after that, who knows where we'll be? Hopefully, out of this Cthulhu Wars game. But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're on uh, Shadowborn Games. is on um, we got our website and also on um, uh, on YouTube as well. And yeah, if you want to hear about stuff that's coming up, yeah, to sign up for our newsletter on the
0: website, which is uh, shadowborn gamescom We will put links mm-hmm. to that in the show notes. Definitely check it out do we know anything about if you weren't a backer how what the availability is going to be of oath sworn yet at zero <laughs> <It's>, uh, so, <laughs> all right. so so, so we, we we the
2: the game is is being made it's all it's all it's all done now it's all boxed up and stuff like that but there will be another chance a second life uh okay. so there'll be um yeah. next year there'll be another kickstarter
1: okay I, I i want to point out by the way if you do not know about oath sworn and just from what you heard in this podcast, there is more to the game than killing rats.
0: <laughs> There's a lot more. <laughs> that could be a good Halloween game too. I won't.
1: Uh, I won't lie. Oh, that yeah, that's a. <laughs> but that fits like in the thing I told you before. Like I am picking who's coming to game night. <laughs> like you are the people who get to come, and we're just going to like we've got the music set, food is already planned out. <laughs> I hope you're ready for board games.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, all right, yeah, check all that stuff out. Still very excited to, to to learn more about oathsworn and all that stuff and whatever other projects you've got cooking. I'm sure there's other things we don't know about. Uh, if listeners would like to follow more of our stuff, uh, roll for crit. You can do so at rollforcrit.com. You'll find links to our YouTube, our streams, merch, and other stuff. As we mentioned, you can support us on Patreon, Patreon.com/rollforcrit to get special bonus podcast episodes, maybe even the chance to play games with us like Jackbox. Pretty cool. We're talking in our discord with us. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, which is helpful and makes us feel good. There's also a contest going on right now if you do that. So uh, details will be there so you can check that out. And uh, also if you have a question or comment or you, anything you want to say to us, you can join our Meeple Gallery. Email us MeepleGallery at gmail.com. And that's all the stuff that I have to say uh jamie once again thank you so much for joining us it's been a delight it's always really fun to talk to you thank you great very glad that you were able to join us tonight so uh my
1: name is jonathan i'm will and this has been roll for crit bye bye